94.7 Kumu Kokua, because Kumu cares. <laughs> Lieutenant Governor Josh Green is joining us now. Good morning, Lieutenant Governor. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing I'm doing great. Just uh, every week that passes, not just because I can't wait to hear your voices, but more people are vaccinated and we've restored a little bit of hope. There's been a lot of that. I, I know people are starting to feel the sense of normalcy on the horizon. Well, let's jump into it uh, right away because the news came out uh, earlier this week about them clearing it for 12-year-olds and up. Uh, are you hearing any yeah. more news about that? Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to be today if it's not already in the works. I, I think that there's an urgency now because the process is basically, uh, just so people understand, what when we go through these processes to get two shots into people, we usually expect to set three, three dates up because uh, there's invariably some people that miss the first one or the second. And so you have that backup. And so you have to have it on day one, three weeks out, and another three, three weeks out. So it's a two-month process, more or less, to really have the assurance that you get to most people in a uh, cohort. And two months out is already when kids will start thinking about going back to school. It's a big lift, uh, but we want that immunity in society if people choose to get, get their vaccination. So uh, it's, it's a lot of work, and I give incredible credit to John Shear and Libby Char, our director, and Eddie Mercer, all these people who are putting plans together because they're not easy. Uh, but we're hearing uh, likely approval uh, imminently for ages 12 to 15 with Pfizer. Uh, you know, I just think it makes all of America a little bit safer. And look at it this way. A lot of the world's just not going to get vaccinated for a long time, which means we will be exposed, sadly, They'll suffer, but then we'll be exposed to whatever virus mutations occur there. And I don't want to take that risk with my family or our community. So we've got to get to herd immunity, if at all possible. Okay. Now, is there a reason why the Pfizer one is seems to be moving quicker to get to that 12-year-old level and not the Moderna? I don't know why. I, you know, I've asked myself that, too. And I also wonder, another thing, why, why they have not been doing a little more research on the single-dose uh, protocol. I don't know. But Pfizer um, is already now seeking their full FDA approval. That's a big game changer for 16 and older. They'll continue to accelerate. You will see Moderna. They're not going to want to be um, outstripped by, by Pfizer. So they'll also move before long, I'm sure, to 16 and then age 12. But, you know, as long as we have one option and it's been safe, I, you know, I'm hopeful that that will get us to the point where at least in Hawaii, we can get over that 75% threshold and get the herd immunity. Yeah, that'd be really great. Now, the, the Biden administration has also made some moves to m make the recipe, for lack of a better way to put it, uh, sort of in the public domain, uh, if that's an easier way to put it. Uh, how do you feel about that? I'm okay in this case with that. You know, in general, I like full transparency and openness in science is good. There are some reasons that they don't always do that because you don't want people meddling with um, with biochemical processes. But it's still going to have to be done in a, you know, certified labs and with usually university support, too. Uh, in this case, this was a not just a singular effort by the companies. It actually was supported by government. The government supported a coalition or a consortium of companies to all do the research because there, this was a, a project that was too big to fail, just simply too important. Mm -hmm. So what they did earlier is they put a lot of extra funds into multiple companies so that no one, if they didn't make it, would come up as a total loser for their two years or a year and a half of complete commitment to this being the vaccine and the scientific development of the year. So it's okay. You know, 
it's not really, it should never be about profits. It should be about saving people's lives. Although these companies have to generate revenues to do the next bit of research. So that's the, that's the trade-off. You know, we're going to get to 70% of our, of our society vaccinated by, it looks like, by July 4th. And that's pretty awesome. Mm. Um, also seeing something in the news about uh, a booster shot uh, from 9 to 12 months right. after they're talking about. Uh, have you heard anything yeah. more about that? Yeah, that's very likely. Yeah, it'll be offered, and I'm sure that they're going to prefer that we get the booster shot from the company that gave us the previous shot, although there's going to be research on crossovers because they each do a little something differently. Mm-hmm. The Pfizer and Moderna are awfully similar. The Johnson Johnson shot is different, but we will find out what the booster protocol is. It turns out a lot of people actually experienced the booster, uh, a, a booster effort already. People like me who had had COVID, mm-hmm. remember? So I had mm-hmm. COVID in September, and then I got vaccinated in, in December, January, and as a physician. And so that was a de facto booster um, off, of, off of natural immunity. So it's good to have. I'm a full believer in booster shots. And look, I, it's, we've now done millions of people, and it's been basically safe. I respect individuals who make a choice about vaccinating or not vaccinating. It's not my place to judge. But I, I also know how catastrophic the impact was on having a virus out there that forced us to close the whole country or pieces of the country for long periods of time. So if a booster can keep us from having that happen again, I'm all for it. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, got a question from Facebook, actually, uh, from Sean Kikuchi. He asks, is there any data from DOH which shows exactly how many of the daily cases are people who got vaccinated? Uh, if, the case, if the cases are primarily people that aren't vaccinated, wouldn't emphasizing that data help convince those, uh, help convince people to get vaccinated? It definitely would. And Sean makes a, a great point and asks a great question. They do sample and ask people that, but they don't always get people replying uh, fully. So I don't have that number on hand. I will ask uh, Director of Health again. I'll ask uh, my guys by text right now, but I don't think we know. We have heard a lot of vignettes about people getting COVID after only having had one shot and being in the, in the kind of the gray zone or the limbo period. But I just really don't know. Okay. All right. No problem. Uh, also, El Kavai Ono says, uh, what is the status of COVID testing for residents visiting the mainland? Uh, if we have a vaccination card, do we still need to be tested prior to coming home? For now, we do. So let me run those, uh, those regulations or rules right now for you. So as of uh, Tuesday... The 11th, we be allowed in our state if we've been back fully vaccinated, which means you've had both the Pfizer shots or both the Moderna shots or the Johnson Johnson shot, the one shot, plus two weeks, full 14 days have passed. On that 15th day, you will be able to use your vaccine card instead of having to get a pretest to travel in our island. And so you'll just upload it into the safe travels, carry your card with you, and that'll be it. Now, this will be the process for a while. It will not apply, not apply yet, although I would like it to, to travel back from the mainland. I think that's the next part that we'll approve or the gov will okay that for, for our local residents or individuals who got vaccinated in Hawaii, because we can then verify it, then we'll be able to use that as our way instead of having to get the pretest to come back because we can verify. So I'm going to recommend that, assuming things go smoothly, about a week after we've been up and running. And then the next big thing will be individuals, just mainlanders, who have been fully vaccinated and immune, plus the two weeks, that they can then do the same thing that we've been doing to travel to Hawaii. 
That requires more work because to verify mainland vaccinations, we have to have these partners, and we do have them. We're getting there. I know it's frustrating, but with a little luck and a little, um, I guess, if people speak up and they really want that, it would help me convince the gov. Um, once again, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Um, now, also with regards to that, um, you know, the mask mandate and stuff like that, I think people are starting to get confused. Can we clarify that for people? Sure. So in spite of my desires to simplify this, we remain in this space. Uh, there is a recommendation or guidance from the, uh, the CDC. We set that aside for a second. The Gov still wants anybody who has uh, anybody who's out anywhere. If you can't keep yourself six feet, socially distanced, he'd prefer people wear a mask. Uh, that, that's the technical recommendation from the governor, whether you've been vaccinated or not. From my standpoint, I am happy with the CDC giving us guidance that if you are fully vaccinated, you can be outdoors uh, without a mask unless you're in a large group. But you just have to use common sense. If you are more than six feet away from people in Hawaii by the rules that the governor's put out, you do not have to have a mask on. As soon as you're within six feet, you're expected to mask up. And that will prevent more cases of COVID. It's a fact. And so I know that you'd love to have a simple answer. I can't wait till we are able to say very simply, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. If you're not, you should wear one. That would be a lot simpler. And I think that that is ultimately where uh, the federal government and everyone else is going to go. But, you know, we don't have herd immunity quite yet. That should come in a couple months. And we have seen some clusters. Uh, you saw the cluster from the football players, the mm-hmm. young football players. Mm-hmm. You've seen some clusters on occasion from people who have um, been at ceremonies and, and caught, you know, caught a bad break and caught COVID. So in general, if you're around others, just use common sense, wear a mask, keep covered up. If you're out exercising by yourself or just with your family, you're fine. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, that's about as simple as I can make it. Okay. Yeah, that, that works for me. That's pretty simple. Um, you know, we hit 99 with our numbers. Uh, right. The, right. We were in triple digits for a little bit, and then we got to 99. Uh, are, are you concerned at all? You know, I, uh, I remain just vigilant, I would say. You know, I don't, I'm not too concerned about the numbers overall because they, the positivity rate has been very stable. We've not seen a spike. It was 1.7% yesterday, 1.67 the day before, 1.7 the day before, 1.65, 1.65, 1.59. So it's the same percentage of people that are positive. The average the average count for seven days has ranged from about 77 to 95 over the last couple of weeks. And our hospital census has been extraordinarily steady. I mean, two weeks ago it was in the 40s. This week it's been in the 50s, but it's not surged or, or spiked. Would I like these numbers to be coming down faster? Of course. And I think that we're going to see that the week of May 20th. I think that's the week where you're likely to start seeing declines because we will be crossing some of the thresholds that they've noticed internationally. For instance, in Israel, where they got the 55% of the population completely vaccinated. I don't know why the, ma- the number was so magic, but I think that combined with COVID cases began to give a lot of immunity. And so the case count plummeted. So that's probably what we're headed for. So what it looks like is we will trend down significantly the end of May and June. We'll hit July 4th. We will be able to announce that we've had about 2 million people vaccinated. And then you guys are going to really be hearing a lot of chatter about is the pandemic over? 
are we completely out of harm's way? And to be frank, we're going to be pretty good at that point if, if those things come to pass. So I just ask for people to see us through to July 4th and keep it, you know, keep it pretty calm. Keep the lid on. Get your vaccine if you're, you know, unless you have a spiritual uh, reason not to or a, a large philosophical opposition to it. Go get vaccinated now, especially now that your kids can probably get vaccinated by next week. Mm-hmm. Many of them down okay. to age 12. So all these things are beneficial for us, but there's going to be COVID in other parts of the world in a big way. And we want to be safe because we don't want to see a, you know, a bad variant rear its head in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, how are we, uh, how are you answering people when they go, well, New York and Florida are just like, let's go. And they're just opening everything. Uh, Cause they're nowhere near where we are as far as vaccinations. Right. It's their prerogative to do what they want. But uh, we live in Hawaii for a reason. We, we chose not to live in New York or Florida any longer. And so I don't follow their lead. I appreciate some of their expertise, but it's premature to declare victory on COVID. They're, they're facing political pressures, mm-hmm. and that's usually why. You've got the governor of Florida uh, showboating for the far right, and you've got um, the governor of New York embattled with his stuff. And so when that happens politically, all of a sudden I, I notice that people make these popular, like kind of populist moves to do stuff. And it's not really public health. It's um, politics. I'm not going to let politics, in, you know, be involved with this. I mean, we, we go over the numbers every hour on the hour pretty much in my team because it's really about doing our best to suppress the virus and get us through this to, you know, kind of a recovery. Mm-hmm. When you let politics get involved, you make stupid decisions. And they'll be sorry if they have a big surge because it'll set them back. Um, we're open pretty well now, but we can do most everything. You know, there's a few things that we have to work on, larger gatherings, you know, cleaning up our travel rules, though, though it is working. You know, yesterday we had 20,721 travelers to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. That's not a small number. Uh, we're probably only about 6,000 off of our potential baseline now because, you know, the international travelers are not going to come back for a while. Right. We're not going to have full travel to Japan or Korea so or Canada, for that matter. So, I mean, we're really doing well, but we, you know, we can do it better than anyone else and we can do it safer. So I guess that's how I'm going to that's how I'm going to go. OK, thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us here. Going to head back to uh, Facebook. we got a couple more questions. Uh, this one actually pretty quick for you to answer from uh, Bernie Yano, Bernie Giniano. My daughter's flying in from Oregon and has a layover in Maui. If she leaves the terminal, does she have to test again to check in? Um, if she leaves the terminal to fly to well, Oahu, does not have an additional uh, Oahu does not have an additional testing requirement mm-hmm. of any kind from neighbor island. So if she's flying over to Oahu. No, uh, and if she's already done the pretest from Portland, once she gets in, uh, she should be fine coming to Oahu. That should not be an issue. However, going I believe to Kauai or Big Island, uh, they are they're requiring a you know a similar 72-hour pretest requirement. Mm-hmm. I would think that her, her pretest, which is still going to be well within the 72 hours, would suffice. But let's say she wanted to go to Big Island five days into this to see a different auntie. Then uh, in that case, she, you know, she'll have to do what everyone is doing, um, which is get the pretest. And the final caveat to that would be if she's fully vaccinated, if she got vaccinated here, that is. If she's mm-hmm. vaccinated here in Hawaii, she'd be able to avail herself of the... Um, vaccination clearance okay 
Okay, thank you very much. Uh, also from Cynthia Nishimura, I have to parse this one out a little bit. It, it, she got a little twisted when she was trying to ask it. Um, she's asking about people who got COVID but feel they're immune now and they don't feel the need to get vaccinated. Do they count towards herd immunity? I hope that makes sense. They do, actually. They will count towards herd immunity. Uh, now, let me be clear, they should still get vaccinated. For herd immunity in our state, it is, it is kind of this calculation. We have done uh, approximately 700,000 people have been uh, either partially or fully vaccinated. Then on top of that, we've had 33,000 individuals with confirmed COVID. So that's another 33,000 on our way to a million people to reach 75%. That's how we do it. Uh, I recommend you still get vaccinated. It's a different kind of immunity and people who have very mild cases might get very minimal immune response. So it probably makes sense to do it, uh, but each to their own. You know, it's better to at least have had some protection. Also, one more question from Facebook uh, from Liz Hugh. Actually, <laughs> she wants to help you out with the uh, vaccination exemption from the mainland. Uh, she's like, what do I need to do? Do I email the governor? Do I email you? What do you want me to do? <laughs> Uh, yeah, e- email the governor, you know, email me, it, it just reach out or uh, write letters of, of uh, opinion to the paper, whether you're for or against, I love all the input. Uh, but if people want to get me and I'll, I'll send it over to the gov, my email is josh.green at hawaii.gov or just go on my social media. It, it's cool. People's expression are, expressions are important. I also know people are blown off some steam because I'm pretty central in this response. And that's excellent because we're getting through this together, whether we are vaccinated, whether we are anti-vax for, for um, philosophical sentiments, even people who are uh, really frantic about thinking of conspiracy, which there isn't, but it's still important to express oneself. And I take all of those uh, pieces of input and I kind of gauge them for us as a state. And and, and then at the end of the day, whatever decision we make, we'll, we'll respect the people that are in the minority on an opinion and we'll move forward to protect people as best we can. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. Appreciate that. You know, we've been seeing all of the stories that are coming out of India with regards to, uh, you know, lack of oxygen and all that kind of stuff. How close were we to having something like that happen? Because our cases were going up pretty precipitously for a little while there. On August 26th, we were within three days of having a circumstance in which we could not uh, we could not comfortably care for all of our people with COVID on August 26th last year. Wow. We were in a situation where we would have very likely had to uh, call in extra forces that we had never seen before. And because people took to heart the extreme danger of the situation and we were prepared to bump our intensive care unit capacity by 30%, physical capacity, we did not have enough personnel or probably medication to care for everybody, we would have seen extra fatalities, like surge fatalities that would have gone well over what you would expect just when there are cases out there like they are today at at like 50 or 55. So we were in deep trouble. And it just goes to show you that it is possible that even in Hawaii, we could get to a circumstance of desperation. But honestly, that's why some of the the tougher decisions were being made at the time, why we were not expanding travel, why we were not able to uh, just open up all sorts of venues, restaurants, bars, even though I know it hurt. And I really think you could have done a better job 
supporting industries and businesses that were forced closed. I, I, I'm very sympathetic, and I mean that when I say that about bars and restaurants and other places. But we already were at the brink of losing lots of, of lives. We were projecting 4,479 fatalities if that happened. Because that didn't happen, we ended up here where we are, which is 486, 90% less. So it was a very real situation. And we never had the mass casualty that could have happened. And we now know we can deal with it even better if it ever happens again. Okay. Thank you very much. Lieutenant Governor, uh, going to turn to our friends on Facebook here. Uh, from Jansen Bohm, he says, Do you believe at this point we are following more fear than facts when it comes to decision-making? Uh, in the beginning, was about hospitals being overrun. Uh, now we seem to be basing everything off of case numbers while hospitals and death rates are down drastically. Uh, it's a good question, actually. I think it's a mix. But uh, in my conversations with uh, Mayor Blangiardi, who has you know the largest population of people to care for, uh, he is actually calculating uh, hospitalizations and fatalities in in his consideration for movement between the tiers. And that's why his calls have been... Uh, for the most part, right. Uh, and all the mayors have done a very good job. They, they are all to be commended and respected. I would say that the, the part of the comment that was correct about following fear is we probably do uh, put up some additional safeguards that are not as high yield as others. For instance, testing upon arrival, while very good, is not as effective as vaccinations of our kupuna. It's just not. And extra closures of facilities is not as effective as mask wearing. So following fact would, would, if we err on fact and science, we would put extra resources into vaccinations and masks, and we would gradually reduce uh, the, I guess, the policing of the effort at airports. That's really just not as high yield. But it's a part of a larger thing is what people need to understand. It's giving people a sense that they have to actually be attentive to being safe. If they're traveling to Hawaii, they now know. It took a while, but they now know they have to get a pretest and they can't mess around. They're going to be quarantined otherwise. Mm -hmm. And for our business community and all of us here in the community at large, even though there's debates about mask wearing once you're vaccinated, it's still a helpful process because you will still get less risk if you're more careful. And there's not a single person in the state that's not contemplating when or where to wear a mask and whether or not to get vaccinated. It's completely pervasive. And that's what it took. It took all of this extra caution and, in some case, fear. People spreading fear made people question whether or not they were doing the right thing. I don't like using fear. I don't use it personally. But I was personally concerned for our state, especially like you heard me say earlier about August. July, August last year was very dangerous. Well, and also, too, I mean, you had personal experience with the virus because you actually caught it. So, you know, yeah, you could speak tough. from personal that experience. When you've got COVID and you're 50, you look across the hallway at your loving family who are eating better than you in, in, in comfortable rooms. <laughs> and, uh, and you think to yourself, you know, there's a one or two percent chance you could die for no real reason other than having caught a virus. And it is possible that this thing can catch you out of the blue and take your life. So it's not likely. And people have done a great job protecting our vulnerable uh, population, our, our kupuna. But it is still possible. And that was the reason that we had to take this seriously. I know a lot of people at the end, they'll do, you know, they'll do the postmortem on this whole thing or they'll do Monday morning quarterbacking and they'll say it was an overreaction. But 
I'll take a little bit of an overreaction in keeping all of our people alive and then recovering a little faster than the mainland than what the alternative was. And the alternative was unthinkable. So uh, I'm really proud of people for pulling together. And I'm hoping that we can do a lot of things to reward our state for their extreme commitment to safety in the future. Lots and lots of things that the people ask us to do to reshape tourism, to reshape what Hawaii is, to give back more of our you know, our land, people who have been waiting, all those things that people felt government wasn't doing for them. Mm-hmm. Well, government asked a lot of people this last uh, 18 months, and I think we, we owe it to people to be more, more thoughtful about their needs going forward. Okay, thank you very much. Once again, Lieutenant Governor Josh Green joining us. We got another question off of Facebook. Um, this one from Tracy Cupper. She says, I was vaccinated in Oregon, but now live in Hawaii. Can I travel without a COVID test prior? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, we will. We are working on a way to verify those vaccinations for people that are now fully uh, living here. What I would recommend is I would recommend to her to get a letter from uh, her state addressed to her and copied to the Department of Health here. They can also copy my office if they'd like uh, to transfer for per- people who are going to be living here as permanent residents. That would probably be helpful because any permanent resident here, we want to be able to verify their vaccination for for lots of good reasons and also acknowledge that that they are, you know, they are going to be a permanent both, you know, benefit to Hawaii and also a part of our healthcare needs in our mm-hmm. system. But for now, she does fall into um, an unfortunate uh, gray area, which is if it's not in our state system, we're not using that for the um, vaccine passport for inner island travel yet. It will come for her with other mainland vaccinated people probably in the summer. But if she'd like to accelerate that, get a letter from the Oregon Department of Health. Okay. Thank you very much, Lieutenant Governor. Appreciate that. Um, can you tell us kind of going forward what you're looking forward to happening, to seeing happen? Yes. So I'm looking forward to uh, seeing us vaccinate hopefully another half million to 750,000 shots worth in the next two months. That will get us to a place where we can make a cogent argument that we have herd immunity in our state. We will see the cases uh, drop a lot at that point. Uh, you know, right in the thick of these next seven weeks, the case counts should drop. And we will see a vibrant summer where we get back to normal and people can go to their vacations and so on. So I think that's what we can expect. And then economically, it makes all the difference for us to have all the services that we come to need and trust fire and medics and police and schools. It means a good future for our, our state and our people. So that's what I expect. But we have some challenges along the way. If, if too few people get vaccinated in the next seven weeks, this will drag out longer. We will not see the restoration of all those things that we love, which is kind of being out there without any concerns in the world. Uh, it'll be delayed if we're not vaccinated or if we haven't reached herd immunity. So uh, I'll tell you this, that we're now at essentially uh, 1.3 million shots uh, finished. And just a week ago, we were at 1.2 million and 2,000. So it's about, you know, we approach 100,000 uh, every week, plus or minus. And that is a huge victory for the people of Hawaii. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, and especially for you and the and the team. So uh, thank you very much for keeping on it and um, working as hard as you guys have been working to try to get this thing under control. Well, we appreciate it. No problem. And, and, and keep in mind that 
soon it will be about a lot more than COVID. Soon it will be about economic recovery, uh, which we're working on also in tandem because, you know, these things shouldn't be put off until this pandemic is done. But people are finding a way to get back to normal with their businesses and their lives. And that's going to be probably the most important thing come fall, just that healing process and going back to schools normally and not having to be obsessed about masks in quite the same way or an emergency proclamation in the same way. All those things are going to be really healthy for us. So, uh, you know, be smart and safe, of course, for the next, you know, the next seven days till we talk again and the next seven weeks until we reach herd immunity, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, and then, you know, then we can start, um, you know, be a lot more hugs and kisses than, than we've been accustomed to this last year. And I think that's going to be great for our people. By the way, I can't uh, I can't let this moment go without uh, noting that Sunway is a musician. Uh, an an <laughs> yeah. out-of-work musician. So yeah, they're yeah. sort of wondering when well, you think uh, things are going to be uh, better, when when she can get back to work and do all that kind of stuff. In terms of, I mean, I guess, there are some things, there are some things happening and, sort of isolatedly, but not, you know, in the way that they used to be. I think it's Labor Day, actually. I, I think my team's starting to work with the concert industry to, to begin the process of having big gatherings uh, get approved. I, I also will be supporting with the mayor's processes whereby if people show that they've been tested negative or vaccinated that larger gatherings are not a risk so we are working on that uh, now that we're getting close to the end of um, community spread it's going to be a process where we're going to heal a lot in the next year but we still have about seven weeks to get through the the end of this uh, surge so please do that Uh, please be safe get your vaccine if you believe in it i do and have a great weekend everybody happy mother's day to people